It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Been sitting around waiting for it, and we're finally here. Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports Las Vegas from City National Arena inside Studio 31. Oh, what a game last night as we bring you some uh, local coverage of the Vegas Golden Knights. Darren Millard along with uh, Darren Elliott. We are streamed live all over the Vegas Golden Knights social media channels, as well as uh, on your radio right now. 10 goals, 6-4. The only time somebody led by two was the empty net goal by Alex Petrangelo as they went back and forth. Vegas led on four different occasions and pick up the win to end the homestand at 3-1. and one. I was at the game as a fan, uh, luckily. Yeah, Were you stressed or did you with, enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I'm with uh, my daughter Jillian, my wife Meredith. But guess what? Lots of high fives in the crowd at the Fortress last night. That's, that's fun hockey if you're a fan. Because there's two different ways to look at it. Uh, some people are stressed. The coaches are uh, unhappy at times because of uh, attention to detail, and they don't like to see mistakes. And with a 6-4 game, there's lots of mistakes. And then you have the entertainment factor. Uh, so you, you've got all these different areas coming into play uh, at the same time. Yeah, again, it's, it depends on your perspective. Let's be honest. It turns into stress if you lose that game 6-4 with an empty net. Yes. You get the result you want, so you walk away feeling completely satisfied and satiated with all those goals. 3-1 on the homestand follows up the 5-1 and homestand. So over the last 10 games at T-Mobile Arena, you're 8-2. and uh, It's really become a, a big factor in the turnaround for the Golden Knights, along with the health of the team and the other factors. Yeah, it, it, the home ice advantage certainly has, has been timely. Um, taking care of it, and, and it's been something that you know teams around the league call it one of the toughest places to come into and play. Um, I walked away as well, being probably a little bit more impressed with Minnesota than I expected to to be. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a big, heavy team that they're they're not going to go away. I don't think. Uh, should you uh, play the same team seventeen times in every calendar year? <laughs> Because that was the 17th time in 2021 uh, that the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild faced. And you could see it in the, yes. the difference between Friday night's encounter against Philadelphia. You hadn't played in football. Two, yeah. And then last night against the Minnesota Wild uh, helped the drama. Absolutely. There was animosity from the beginning. There was some nastiness. Um, nobody was going to give an inch. Guys trying to take liberties with, with the opposition. That's because of, you know, the familiarity, and it does, you know, it, it does breed contempt. Uh, Robin Leonard bounces back. He picks up the victory uh, in an '80s type uh, performance, and he, the win is the most important yeah, thing, right? And, that, and that's I, I an love, '80s angle for sure. I love what he said after. Like he's not happy with where his game no. is, and then there's some bounces and some goofy things going on too that contribute it and and help pile on. But how much can you just take out of the win factor for Robin? You're contributing, so so you're you're part of the team, and you're going through moments where you're not at your best, but you're getting results. As a goalie, that's really important. And I, he was brilliant in the post game with you guys uh, last night, you and Gary, because it, it was true that he he knows he's not on his game right now. I mean, he threw the puck, a wide shot, didn't handle it cleanly, throws it over his head into the blue paint, tying goal in the third period. That's not tidy play. Let's let's be mm. honest. So And for it to actually end up right where it did. Right. It was like really that that's where that's where he is right. Now. But he knows what he has to work on. And he talked to, technically 
he talks about, you know, he doesn't give himself a lot of credit, at least outwardly, because he talks about, uh, you know, kind of cheating, uh, playing the, the angles, uh, and he likened it to poker, mm-hmm. right? So, Oh, yeah, so, Danny Negrano got a little shout-out. Yeah, he did. So so he's all of those, but he, the one thing he says, I've been caught a little deep lately. It's like, there's a guy, he he's working with, with Mike Rosario, the goalie coach. He, he works on his, he's thinking about his game. He he's aware, and this team has always been very self-aware. Uh, how much would it surprise you that with six goals scored, only six Golden Knights had points last night? That, well, that tells you uh, how much of the load that big line carried. That's when you know after a a game in which you generate forty-four shots on goal um, and lose because you really didn't have anybody at the net. Mm. We talked about right. Yeah. It was it was forty four shots, but there were four or five guys that probably weren't dialed in like they needed to be. Um, but you still could have won that game. You didn't. Yeah. Um, so who comes to the forefront? Your star players, and they sure did. And that's why at, at, being at the game and watching it, I'm not that surprised. Because it can go, and it's not a, a right or wrong. No, like it's it's just more more often you would get that offense spread around where right. guys would pick up a second assist here or there, and uh, you'd have ten guys, eleven guys with with points. Well, I thought again the power play is usually the same guys, so, so yeah. it, they scored a couple times there. Uh, the penalty kill got on track. I know they gave up a goal, but um, when it mattered, they, mm-hmm. they did some really some yeoman's work, but but nothing in terms of scoring. Um, it was all about. Uh, the return to the lineup after a one-game absence of Chandler Stevenson driving the, that top line. Uh, we'll get into uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and their performance along with Chandler Stevenson, an emotional uh, effort uh, for the pivot. But on the on the big-picture side of it, being able to go on this road trip uh, with a little bit of moment, momentum, like you beat, you beat Calgary to start the homestand, first-place team in yep. the Pacific, and you beat Minnesota to end it the top team in the Central and the top team in the National Hockey League. Uh, the the stumble in, in against Philadelphia aside, you go out, you must go out with uh, feeling like you're playing some of your best hockey of the year. Oh, for sure. And, and again, the quote-unquote stumble against Philadelphia, you didn't give up very much. No. Five on five, you, you actually did, from a coaching staff standpoint, probably as much as you would... Probably better than the other games. <laughs> as much as you'd want or expect. So... Yeah, I, I agree with you. In the in the totality of it, you're playing good hockey. Uh, you're going east. Uh, you're going to play some pretty good teams there as well. Boston, Jersey, Rangers, and the Islanders is the uh, road trip. Strange road trip because you you play four games, but you only take three flights, and you only stay in two hotels. <laughs> because you play what, because four, four, four in a week, right? In, yeah, in six ga- in six days. It's it's like a, a, a minor hockey tournament where you you go and you're 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 playing all these different teams, but you're in one location the whole time because they do they do center out in in right. Manhattan and then go to Long Island and go to New Jersey and and play it. Well, at, it, it cuts down on a lot of logistics. Yeah. Let's be honest. So uh, good for the guys. Um, hopefully, they continue to play good hockey. Uh, what are you seeing uh, in the turnaround from this club? Is it just simple fact of of getting yesterday was was that a game that is one just because they're healthy well if depends who's out of the lineup mm-hmm. but it, yeah. i mean you needed your top guys yesterday and they were all in the lineup so so part of it is yes your best guys are returning to form not just in the lineup 
but from the very beginning, the attention to de- like it was such a fast-paced game. There were details, right, in terms of closing space. Um, Minnesota was quick on the counter, um, but the backtrack of the forwards was was better than it was against Philadelphia for mm. sure. Um, it just seemed like they were. As a group, they were connected. That that we always talk about five guys on the ice being connected, the three and the two. They were all over the ice, and it showed with the offense, with White Cloud scoring a couple times, and it showed with the defense, with they didn't give up again very much five on five. Are you uh, at a point where you could call any of those wins, the Calgary uh, performance, uh, the Dallas comeback, uh, or, or beating the best team in the National Hockey League, uh, a turning point? Or well, I'll I, ask I, that question. <laughs> I don't see it as a turning point. Mm-hmm. I see it as a progression mm-hmm. uh, because it, everything leads to the you know the next wave, the next wave of games, the next game, the next challenge, um, and and that's why like pro sports when you follow a team, um, it is reality TV, the best because it's like one thing to the next. I don't think you go, especially this group that has such high expectations. Oh. They're not a revelation beating Calgary. It's not a revelation beating Minnesota. It's like, okay, we're getting closer to what we know we can do consistently. Now, can we do this for a long stretch of time? Interesting that you use the, the term progression and take that, uh, that pack because if you're ever going to point to a turning point of the season, it was probably going out on that road trip after the 1-4 and four start. Guaranteed. And, and winning those two, that might have been the turning point uh, or somewhere in that yeah. mix yeah. Of, uh, of games where you're struggling throughout, not as they get healthier. It, it was a necessary. Cause you, you, the sweep of Den- in Denver and Dallas. Right. Two really good teams. You come back 1-6, and six, okay, that's a, that's a not insurmountable, but it's a deeper hole. So, yeah, they could – Proved to themselves early on that they could win with the guys who were around. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a moment that, that was a turning point for that part of the season in that group of guys, which isn't even the same group of guys right now. Uh, I'm amazed at how much they're scoring. Uh, oh, when the totality <laughs> of the season, from from start to finish, yeah, this and it might be a byproduct of of where the game is at right now. Maybe it's loosened up across the National Hockey League uh, because we. We aren't hearing about the, the lack of offense uh, like we, we have it in, in the past. Or, or it might just be this team. But between uh, the injuries and, and now, that is six straight games that they've scored three goals or more uh, in a game. Like, it's, it is impressive. Yeah, three goals is, I mean, that's... But it's a game to three. You hear yeah, Pete talk it, about that. Yeah, as a, bare, as a, as a baseline, if mm-hmm. you will. But to me... The difference with our, with the club here is the fact that they're committed to having all five guys engaged on offense all the time. Not just a couple lines, not just one or two deep pairings, all six defensemen. So that, to me, makes a huge difference. They should score a lot of goals because they're committed to doing those. And Zach Whitecloud is, is part of that. We hear during different media availabilities where they'll talk to uh, a Braden McNabb or a Zach Whitecloud or Alex Petrangelo, and they all have the same message. That's we right. are encouraged uh, as a defensive group to get involved in, in the play. And Zach Whitecloud is, is a player that if, if he played 82 games at the pace that he's on with <laughs> 5 in 15, he'd be close to a 30-goal score. He'd be around 28 goals. I, and we take it. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh no! I and, really and, and I'm, I'm I'm impressed, uh, and I, I will be honest with you and say I didn't see that. 
But that the shot and the way he scores his goals, these aren't seeing eye pucks no. going through nine sets of legs. No, it's it's the opposite. There's nobody around him because he's jumped up very astutely. He he's, he really has impressed me with his reading of the play because he can't jump up all the time. But when he does, there's usually nobody checking him. So it's a one-on-one with the goaltender, and to your point, his shot and all those other things, he, he's scoring on those. But the reason he's able to do that, the confidence he's been given as a group, as a team, as a player, they expect you to be there. Mm-hmm. And if you're there with the skill you have uh, up front, you're going to have chances. So what is he as a defenseman? How do we, how do we classify Zach Whitecloud? Emerging. I, I like I said, but I want a title. I want defensive defenseman, <laughs> offensive defenseman, a, a hybrid. A I, to put him I, in. I need, yeah, I how need. About, how about just hockey players? Like, like if, if I look at Alex Petrangelo, he's leading the forecheck sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's reading the play. Am I? Should I be there? Should I be there? Should I be backing out? He doesn't do that very often. Mm-hmm. Should Should I be supporting? Should I be the first one? And then in the defensive zone, it's the same thing. And he slows things down. There's an essence to this team that I, that, that I find very, very attractive, um, having been in the game my whole life. They just play hockey. They, they don't do what you just asked, bucket. Okay, we, they're a fourth-line guy. You're this, you're that. They got a little bit away from that. Let's be, our fourth line is now we're still in transition, but they like, what are we going to be? As they had some great chances yesterday, right? didn't they? Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're supposed to score too. We're not just supposed to take time off the clock or, or make sure that the we get a good, a favorable matchup on a faceoff. Change momentum with a hit. Right. right. Yeah. You know, so that you, you start going, you know what? Everybody's here to play hockey. Play hockey means to score goals. Score goals means we have to be, again, back to five guys connected. Do you think Zach Whitecloud can score 10 goals in a year? Yes. This year, I can't. He's already at five. Yeah. You know, so I I mean, let's face it. It's good. It might not. All those chances might not be there mm-hmm. all season long. But um, and he doesn't get. These these aren't power play goals. Like, he's not even getting, you know, any time. Yeah, on, uh, that's well, a good point. <laughs> these are even strength goals. Great reads by him. Very, very smart hockey player. Just writing that down. <laughs> Not even power, so I can steal that later for the insider show. There you go. You don't mind that, do you? Not at all. Do you, do you require credit? No attribution. No attribution? It's, it's out there in the public, so okay. anybody could have figured right. it out. Uh, spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara. California is the newest exciting addition to the Foley Entertainment Group. Experience an extraordinary stay in one of the 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Uh, taste the region's finest wine at Foley Food and Wine Society's Tasting Room and treat yourself to unparalleled massages at Majoral at Moroccan-inspired spa, all in the heart of the American Riviera. You going? You in? Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, make it uh, a wicked trip. Play a little round, a couple of rounds of golf. golf. Let's go. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel California is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Hotel California. Write it down. Listen, put it in your memory banks. Is Santa Barbara's premier urban destination. Visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your stay today. When we continue, the rise of Max Pacioretty to elite, elite goal-scoring status in the National Hockey League. He's always been incredibly talented and effective, but we're seeing something at a whole different level. We'll dig into that as we continue on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millar along with Darren Elliott. I feel bad 
I feel bad. Nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, streaming on all the VGK social media channels. Uh, I admitted that I was going to steal a couple of things from you for the VGK Insider Show later. Uh, I want to give something back to you. So write this down, NHL.com slash vote. Okay? Got it. All right, and then you can can vote for the captains of the NHL All-Star Game coming into Vegas in February. You got to make some choices. There's there's five Vegas Golden Knights. I so you saw can vote that, for. but you can vote ten times in 24 hours. Oh, and I am st- no no. You can vote ten times in one 24 hour period. Can I am stuffing that ballot box. For who? Uh, I'm spreading it. I'm take- spreading it around. Yes, yes. I'm trying to be politically <laughs> so, correct, but I'm making sure that a Vegas Golden Knight will be the captain. Yes, but so it doesn't matter. You're kind of nullifying the vote. So it doesn't matter to you who it is. Exactly. As long as it's a VGK. Okay. The, the I shield. I, I I'm, I'm going for the shield. I got your strategy. All right. The name of the front. That's crest on the front, not the name of the back. <laughs> and, uh, and the location. That whole hockey thing. You, get, you know yeah. it's going to be one of them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm ensuring. First time I've ever done this. Like really stuffed the ballot box uh, like that. So Pacioretty, that's uh, 10 goals in, in 10 games. Do that math over an 82-game season. All right? I, I, I just gave you the Zach Whitecloud numbers. Uh, so Max Pacioretty, closest he's been to a 40-goal season is 39. That's hard to believe. But he may get he may get to 40 despite missing a whack of games early on in this campaign. Yeah, I mean, typically scores go through periods of, you know, a little bit of a drought. We haven't seen it yet from, from, from Max. Um, we've talked about it though over the last couple of seasons. We've seen his game mature. Um, he, to his credit, he's put in the work to to add layers and nuance to his game. Could always shoot. Um, sometimes, maybe as a big burly winger, you come down, you got a world class shot, you shoot from 30 feet. Oh, it's not going in. But you haven't added anything else to it. You haven't driven the net. You haven't gotten to the front. He does that now. So it's not just about the shot. Um, he's he's certainly fun to watch. And in the open ice right now, whoo, confident. He's worked a lot with Misha Donskov. They have that bond. Uh, we we brought uh, the television audience that story last night and expanded on, on how it's not Misha, the assistant coach, dragging Max out there. It's They're almost in tandem. It's a, it's a race to get to the ice. Uh, and, and Max was awesome early on before he got hurt in the, the first two games of the, the preseason. like It looked like there was something uh, special happening. But what's intrigued me is the different fashions, that, and you use the word layers, mm-hmm. but it's breakaways. It's a one-timer. It's a rebound against uh, Philadelphia. Right. Like there's, there's multiple different ways. And then you've got good old reliable in the power play. Right. And, and like I said, he, in the past, when I think of him in Montreal, He's, you know, really, he was a captain, uh, an all-star, but maybe a little reliant on his shot because the layers weren't there yet. The the ability to drive the net away from the play and score in front. Um, so getting to the open ice and, and being open for breakaways, those things have been added. And, and that the, more op- the more ways you can score with his skill and his size, you're going to score more. That's what we've seen so far. Uh, just looking up his uh, shooting percentage right now, and it looks like it's uh, – I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. Just uh, just be, be – 16.9. So that's not – what like Marcus Foligno came in here last night at like 28%. Right. And you know that that's going to level sure. off. 
16.9 is about 2.5% higher than his right. career average. And, that, and that's a high career average. Mm-hmm. That means he's a good scorer. He shoots a lot, too. But it, that 16.9 tells me this is somewhat maintainable. May, not a not, goal per game. Right. He's, he scored a goal in six straight games, which is a Vegas Golden Knights record. But it it do, also doesn't tell me that he's this is going to level out to a, a gap in, in, in production. No, and again, if he continues to get looks in different manners, chances are he'll he'll continue to to, to flourish. Again, he, goal a game pace. I'm not betting on it. I'm hoping for it yeah. for him and for the team, but probably not as things get a little bit tighter at, at times of the year. But he certainly is getting different kinds of looks. It's not one dimensional. Um, as it's evolved over his career. This won't surprise you at all. It's Darren Millard and Darren Elliott here on Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports Las Vegas from Studio 31 at City National Arena and the VGK social media channels. After Max scored and there was the kerfuffle uh, following uh, the goal, I like I liked the bite, the chirping, the the actions for Max, the, like seeing that part of his game and, and being so engaged. Oh, yeah. I, I, that took it to to a whole new level for me. And the little like I keep talking with with his hand. That that was great. Oh yeah, it, everybody was fully vested um, last night, especially that top line. As we talked about, they carried the mail in terms of offense. Uh, Chandler Stevenson uh, missed Friday night's game due to the passing of his grandmother. Uh, went back to Saskatchewan uh, for the funeral and then a return and scores four points for the first time in his career. Uh, he did great things for himself in the early part of the season without his two big wingers, like his stock rose. He, yeah. he leads his team in points. His stock went went up because he continued to get it done without his wingmen. Friday night, they didn't have him, and it might have just been the Philadelphia. I'm leery of the one-offs, but because it fits my narrative right now, uh, I'll use it. Uh, they weren't as effective. And then they get him back, and everything blossoms yeah don't let the facts get in the way of a good right, story exactly. but, a good narrative. but anyway no and it showed i mean the first part of it is is truly legitimate because every so many people said wow chandler stevenson anybody can play between those two not true mm-hmm. i mean it, it, it helps to have that kind of skill but what he what chandler stevenson has in his own right and now proven is he himself is viewed as a skilled performer um so he he has you know really elevated his his reputation without him and again it's a one-off but in that instance they miss his speed his speed opens up a lot not just for him for the guys on that line and and that's why they're so successful as a trio for a fifth round pick and a cap friendly contract oh like look at the cap your number one center cap friendly contract zach white club cap friendly contract Oh, yeah. as, as much as they brought in the star players, you can't do that without some of these. And, and Chandler Stevenson, from his spot in Washington to now, is well paid. Uh, yep. He's he's established himself as a full time National Hockey Leaguer in a top six position. Zach Whiteclub, free agent signing, uh, will will love uh, the compensation that he's making right now. And where he is in the National Hockey League, not saying that they they aren't beneficiaries of this either, but the team and, and that side, it's huge. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. Again, you go back to um, this organization and what their metrics are in terms of projecting what a player is and what he can be in our style of hockey. 
Very, very important. And not right now. Correct. If, if we're reading this right and whatever, yeah. the secret sauce, I, I don't know it. I wish I did. I wish a lot, a lot of teams probably wish they did. Because whatever analytics they use, they have been so good at projecting what a player can do. Because I see it, it, lots of teams try to do this. Hey, if we give him more ice time, give it. He, look, he has 12 goals a year. Well, if, it's not a straight multiplier. Yeah. It's how do we play? How does he play? What are his strengths? Do they match up with what we're trying to do as a hockey club? And in the spot, in the role that we have him penciled in for. They've been magnificent from William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall, right from the Misfit days, all the way through to Zach Whitecloud. They are gathering in Alberta, Canada for the World Junior Championship, the 2022 edition that takes place over Christmas and crowning a champion uh, early in the new year. Uh, We will get into the VGK participation in just a little bit. But one story coming out of the Pacific Division in the last week has been the rise of the Vancouver Canucks from the ashes of disappointment. Coaching change, managerial change. The manager didn't arrive until this weekend, and they'd won four in a row after another victory last night over uh, uh, a team that uh, has has been playing good. So Vancouver, with Bruce Boudreau at the helm, is it different? Is it a blip? Well, it might be a blip, but it is different. I mean... Mm -hmm. Bruce Boudreaux is a guy that relies on his talent. He, he's not looking to roll four lines if, if he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He's going to yeah. play his top guys, which keeps the top guys happy, um, which seems to fit the narrative coming out of Vancouver. Um, the second thing is he, he's always been way more about going for it, whereas in Vancouver up to this point, they've maybe trying to protect their lack of defensive abilities so they're too passive which took away from what they were good at potentially is on the attack yeah he's like we're going to attack and one of the biggest areas where that's uh, obvious he said okay my best players are going to be on the penalty kill just like we have here for a good reason to get them going um but the flip side of that is you have the puck a lot so they might not be defending as well but the best offense you know best defense a good offense lots of times and they've you know only given up what they win 4-0 2-1 4-3 those are by shootout and 2-1 again so they've cut down on the goals against by yeah, being more aggressive Demko's been that. lights out and, and he's one of the stars of the week and he's going to have to be that's but it's going to be hey we're going for it we're mm-hmm. not going to we're not going to inhibit our strength to try to protect our weakness, I guess, is the biggest change in philosophy with, with Bruce Boudreaux. I say that. Demko's been lights out, but it's kind of like his job, isn't it? <laughs> A lot of coaches I, think that. I, I don't know. They can stop the puck. Just, don't care. Can you stop everything? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, seriously, can you? Why does every – Doug McLean used to say, oh, uh, go down to his goalie coach uh, the, when he was president and uh, and when he was coaching the Florida Panthers and then when he was president GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, he'd go to Clinton Larjack or Billy Smith or whoever was his goalie coach at the time. And he'd say, what, what happened there? And Clinton would say, it was tipped. And Doug's <laughs> response was, why does every puck that's tipped have to go in? <laughs> well – there are some that go wide, but the ones that are on goal, <laughs> yeah. go in. <laughs> Why is it? Can we not stop one that's tipped uh, in there? Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, uh, we'll uh, wrap things up by bringing you up to date with the VGK 
contribution to the World Junior Hockey Championship that's coming up. And also want to tell you about uh, a great opportunity to get involved uh, and support the VGK Foundation. That's coming up tonight over at the ballpark. And Derek England uh, is going to be helping out at a food drive. We'll give you the details on that. It's uh, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm telling you, that's that's exactly what we do. I don't know why. I don't know why we go to commercial breaks other than to make money. <laughs> but just like this should just be one hour stream show, nonstop. Okay, good. Because what we do in the commercial break is almost as good as what we're doing <laughs> live on the air. Well, well oh, according hold, to us. Hold on. What's that? Oh, we're, we're live now? Oh. Well, welcome back. Nighttime at noon. Darren Millard along with Darren Elliott. Finish your rant. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, because we, we, like, we were on a roll during that uh, commercial break. Uh, we've got the World Junior Hockey Championship, so uh, we are broadcasting oh, live from uh, Studio 31 at City National Arena, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And uh, can't wait uh, for the VGK Insider Show. Open phones every Monday from 4 to 4.30. Uh, have your say. So if you're streaming it right now, uh, give us a call, uh, 876-1340, uh, area code 702, from 4 o'clock to 4.30. Every Monday on the VGK Insider Show, it's uh, all about you uh, having your opportunity to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, the prospects uh, a lot over the next couple of weeks, uh, several of which from the Golden Knights side of things will be participating in the 2022 World Junior Hockey Championship. It always kind of sends my brain for a flip because it's the 2022 tournament, but three quarters of it is played in 2021. (laughs) But it's always something we look forward yeah. to. It has become instrumental in the hockey season for, for scouts, GMs, and, and prospects alike. They can separate themselves. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, underage, if you will, uh, buzz this year. But in terms of what's going on for your, you know, each particular team, it, it's slightly different. Um, I'm looking forward to see Lucas Cormier. Um, because having such a good season, um, I'd like to see him make Team Canada and, and, and be a real contributor. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he is going to be one of those that is going to be leaned on for Team Canada. Canada lost the gold medal game to Team USA and Trevor Zegers and company last year uh, in the gold medal final, 2 nothing. Uh, team USA has a has an interesting look, uh, not as uh, stocked with first-round picks as we saw uh, a year ago. Right. But, uh, but Vegas, the, Vegas kind of spread its talent around uh, Canada, uh, Sweden, uh, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia. Uh. Yeah, but uh, again, all these guys are, everybody that you just mentioned, um, they're all playing in Canadian junior hockey. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good point. You know? uh, Brabinick, no uh, Brabinick is in the QMJHL uh, for Charlottetown, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Demick uh, is in the Western Hockey League, and Jesper Vickman, the goaltender, is playing for Vancouver Giants of uh uh, the Western Hockey League, he plays for Sweden. And I think Cormier and Brevnik, they, they're teammates in, in junior, so it's like, you know, there's there's some familiarity there for the the two prospects. What's your uh, world junior memory? Like, what jumps out at, at the one, you? The one, because I, I, I never played in it. I didn't even know it existed. Maybe it didn't because I'm so old. No, uh, no, it did. It, it did. It did. But it, was, it wasn't a thing until, well, you know, TSN made it a thing yeah. in Canada. Uh, the Sports Network in Canada, the ESPN comparable uh-huh. in Canada turned that from a, an event into a must-see event, and, and it, it's become that over time. Um, I remember Mark Andre Fleury bouncing the puck, right, in off the 
forechecker or off his own player in front, trying to make a play up the ice, bounce past him, they lose the gold medal. Who did he bank that puck off of? Fine. Sounds like a assignment for Google. Dr. <laughs> Google, Will, Dak, let's go. Uh, I'm, I can't remember whether it was Bobby Ryan or not uh, that he that he bounced that puck off. Uh, m- mine was uh, Manny Legacy against the Russians. Way, way now th- that's how old I am because Manny is the goalie coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, <laughs> and now and uh, and has been so it was a performance uh, for for a long time. And that was when they just played the round robin. Yep. and you had to to win. Uh, all seven games or whatever, not the pools. And that's one of the great adjustments that they've made, too. For sure. Making it two pools and having a, a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and, and so forth. Yes. Patrick O'Sullivan. That's right. Really? That, okay. Well one done. of the great skilled players of all time. And his most famous goal was a puck that bounced off him uh, <laughs> by the goaltender. And, uh, Edmonton that, I remember that now. Uh, yeah. Because he's talked about that. Uh Flower, 500 wins. Little couple of uh, little quick hitters here. Uh, 500 wins uh, in Montreal. Unreal. Saw yeah. him when he was a kid, first-round pick. Uh, Pittsburgh was terrible. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. Fastest feet I'd ever seen. And they haven't slowed down much yet. Uh, NHL bouncing back. They've got a salary cap uh, increase uh, expected to be around $1 million, And then we get the big bump in a couple of years. when All the leagues are going to go through this uh, when you get through COVID. Handled quite well, but again, pretty good partnership uh, between the NHL and NHLPA to, to get it done the way they've gotten it done. A lot of uh, dialogue happening this week uh, regarding the Olympic Games in Beijing and the big hurdle between widespread participation or potentially uh, a handful of players not going is the COVID protocols if you do test positive while you're in China. Uh, what's your gut feeling on where we're headed with this? You know where I've been on this for, for many months. I, I but just, it doesn't it change a little bit day to day? Not, I flip-flop all over the place. Not, I, I, to me, it, it's a real reach. Always has been because of where it's being held. Um, some of the things behind, not just the politics, but the health considerations. If you're a, a player with a, a, any situation, you, you've got responsibilities back here to your team, and if you have family, you don't want to test positive over there. I, I don't think – I think that's too much of an unknown even wow. if they tell you it's going to be a certain way. I was you in Japan. You have, no, you, you have no – yeah, but – I was in Japan, and the, there were several positive tests by athletes leading up to the games. Right. Both at their domestic uh, location and when they arrived in, in Japan. And once they got into the bubble, it was fine. It's but gonna, but it's if you if, if if you test positive like there was a beach volleyball player test positive when when uh, he arrived in Japan he had to quarantine for a couple of weeks but it wasn't five. Well, yeah, here it's three to five. Every every country has their own rules yeah. and, and protocols for that. Five changes everything. I think it does, but again, we'll see. Imagine um, being stuck with me for five weeks. <laughs> that wouldn't be a quarantine. <laughs> 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 That'd be a sentence. Uh, Derek Englund volunteering to assist uh, Three Square to serve local families in need with a food drive at Desert Breeze Park, uh, part of the VGK's 21 Nights of Giving. That's tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. So uh, check out uh, Derek and the food drive at Desert Breeze Park uh, at 8.30 a.m. Enchant. Have you been over to the Las Vegas ballpark yet with the Enchant? I have, but not to really experience it. I'm going tonight. 
Nice. Uh, it's the it's part the of the uh, night yeah. of giving, so all the proceeds uh, tonight go towards the, the VGK Foundation. Foundation. Yep. Uh, that is going to be awesome. I can't wait because I see it every night when I leave. Right. I hear it. I see everybody so pretty cool. going over and coming back. Uh, uh, it's uh, spectacular. I can't wait uh, to take the kids over there. And uh, the HSK Lucky Launch, you know what that is? I do. It's like a teddy bear toss. They do mm. it all over. Uh, I like it better when I have uninformed co-hosts. <laughs> Because then I sound smarter. <laughs> but when my co-host knows everything already. <laughs> Don't know everything. I know a lot, <laughs> but not everything. Uh, we will be doing our, our, the 15 minutes that we missed off the top uh, <laughs> off air just as practice. But uh, thanks for you uh, for listening. Uh, Darren Elliott, uh, Will, Dakota, uh, Andrew, for working so hard to get us on the air today. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we'll chat with you next on the VGK Insider Show at 4 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas as the Golden Knights embark on a four-game road trip, which begins tomorrow in Boston. Talk to you later today.